Okay, well, welcome once again to WNZN Radio, coming to you from Lorraine, Ohio. Glad you tuned in for another program. Last week we had a special guest, actually, from California. It was a very good interview. Yeah. Got a nice response on it. So, well, I'm here with David Abood, my friend and assistant. Great to be here, John. Beautiful day here. Beautiful day, and it looks like spring is less than a month away. Thank goodness. <laughs> Another winter is coming gone. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, we've covered a wide variety of topics, even in this new year, David, in 2021. So much is going on. Um, so much is changing all around us. But, you know, today I, we thought we'd look at God and the attributes and the characteristics of God and how that doesn't change. You know, God is mm -hmm. eternal. We'll look at some of these qualities of God. Yeah. And discuss them and see why there's great comfort when we stop and we look at this because it's, we don't often talk about this but we should maybe more you know it says in second peter chapter 3 verse 18 we're to grow in the grace and knowledge of our lord and savior uh, jesus christ and so the idea we can grow even in understanding god better you know yes. so we're going to dive into that today again this is wnzn uh, radio from Lorraine, Ohio, 89.1 FM radio. If you're having difficulty, you can actually stream this. Uh, go to www.wnzn.com. And so, uh, yeah, so let's dig right into it. First of all, we know that God has revealed himself to man. Uh, we see this clearly, let's say, in Psalm 19, where the psalmist says... Um, the heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament or the atmosphere shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech. Night unto night reveals knowledge. So God has revealed himself to us and just in creation, in the universe yes. itself. And the Bible is very clear about that. And this psalm brings it out. Psalm 19, written by David. And it goes on to the fact that there's no place on earth where you can't see this or hear about God through this creation, through all this universe. And he then says, um, uh, from the rising of one end of heaven to the circuit to the other end, there is nothing hidden from his sight. Day into night, day utters speech. So it's every day, night and day, he's uttering a revelation about himself. And yeah. that's why Abraham Lincoln says, everything I see teaches me to believe in a God that I do not see. You know, creation itself, but every single day. And I work this out, that if you are... Um, Let's say you're 50 years old. That means that in your lifetime, you've had over 18,000 days, actually 18,250 days that you woke up and that was a fresh day. Think about it. If you're 50, wow. 18,250 days. And it says day and today God uttered his speech. If you're 60 year old, that's 21,900 days wow. that you've been able to see God's glory. But yet some people don't see it. They don't. You know, and God's mercies are new every morning. That's so exactly it right. says then again in Psalm, it goes from creation to the scripture. In verse 7, it says, The law of God is perfect, converting the souls. Testimony of the Lord is pure, making wise the simple. Uh, it goes on all these attributes about God revealing himself through the scriptures. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to just go in here and look at some of um, God's uh, characteristics or attributes. And maybe you want to start with one or two, David. We'll get the ball rolling here. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, uh, I think some of the key questions, John, that I wrote down is when we talk about attributes of God, we're trying to answer questions like, who is God? Mm -hmm. What is God like? And what kind of God is he? And 
you know, uh, without the Bible, John, can we really understand what he's like? Without the authority of the Bible, can we explain his attributes? Um, you know, how do we get that information? And the other thing is, uh, if you look at Exodus 23, 5, to say that it is important for us to try to understand what God is like is a huge understatement. Failure to do so can cause us to set up, chase after, and worship false gods contrary to his will. Mm. So that's one of the reasons we do, we do want to study this and we do want to, we want to understand it. So to, to, I guess to answer your question, one of the first a- attributes I wrote down is God is infinite. He's self-existing without origin. If you look at Colossians 1.17, and he is before all things and in him all things hold together. And Psalm 147.5 says, Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, th- you brought up a good point, and then the, the, the verses you brought about is eternality. Number one, what we believe about God or not believe about God mm-hmm. determines the most important questions in yeah. life because right. it will determine how we live our life, how we raise our children, how we view the universe, how we view death. Yeah. how we view what happens after we die. So this knowledge of God, which is revealed in the Bible, gives us, it's, it's like the most important knowledge you could get. You could get a PhD and advanced degrees and all kinds of things, but if you don't know God, right. um, what, is, what is your life all about? What have we really learned? You right. know? So, well, well, John, the, uh, John if, if we don't know God, then we become our own God, right? Yeah, we become our own God, or it even says in the scripture, the fool has said in his heart there is no God. The idea being, just by looking around, Mm -hmm. we should know that there's a creator. We should know by just looking at nature, our human bodies. um, The vastness of creation is unbelievable. The stars. I mean, you could look at the newspaper, you could determine exactly to the minute when there's going to be a sunrise when the sun's going to yeah, set. Yeah. With the phases of the moon, you can uh, mm-hmm. predict tides coming in and going out with high specificity, you know. How, well, how can that happen? Yeah, every I mean, year, if you get a right? watch, you would never assume that watch would just randomly came together in a factory. You know, it's just, there's too many parts mm-hmm. that have to be synchronized. Well, how much more so the human body or a little baby grown, you know, mm-hmm. you know all of these kinds of things that tell us about God. But your starting point with eternity, you're right. I mean, it says in Isaiah 57, uh, 15, it says, For thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell at the high and holy place and with him who has a contrite and humble spirit. So here we see God saying he dwells in eternity. He's not like us. We are finite. Mm-hmm. He is infinite. Man, every man has a beginning. Now we have an infinite future going forward but not an infinite past yeah. as a human right. being but god has an infinite past no starting point mm. and an infinite future and that speaks to what you just brought out for the first attribute this idea he is eternal and of course jesus it will say in hebrews he's the same yesterday today and forever um so once we understand that it's not hard to understand how god who's out of space and time, can give us a prophecy. Yeah. What is it to him? I right. mean, he's out of this. I use the cartoon illustration, but the cartoonist is not on that page of cartoons, and he can see the beginning block where he yeah. starts the cartoon, and he can see the final 
cartoon segment, uh, but he's he's not limited like the little characters on the cartoon strip. So he knows that's why he's called the Alpha and the Omega, uh, the beginning, the end, the infinite one. Uh, and you'll see that even in the life of Jesus, when they talk about his um, uh, birth in Bethlehem, it'll say in Ma in uh, Micah uh, chapter five, uh, O Bethlehem, though thou be little among the nations, that's a small village of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me, the one to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth was from old, from everlasting. You see? Yeah. That's why Jesus calls him, says, before Abraham was, I am. Mm -hmm. You see, I am. I, I don't know about you, uh, but for me, this is one of the hardest attributes to get my hands around. The you know, this is really, yeah, this is really hard to comprehend, but, you know, we're not supposed to. We're just supposed to believe it and accept it, right? I mean, that's the way to do it because, it, you know, obviously the Bible is the truth, but this is the hardest one to really put your hands around with our limited... Oh, with our limited... <laughs> because we're finite again, right. David. Yeah. We, we can only understand a certain limit. Like, for example, we we really can't understand infinity because mm -hmm. if you have... You write down the greatest number you could write down yeah. and then add one. Well, then, mm -hmm. then add one to that. So we can't really comprehend... What what it, certain things we we can kind of start to understand it, like the Trinity, which maybe we get into, maybe we don't. These are mysteries revealed in the Word of God. Although with our limited, I always say our limited rational minds can only jump so high. You see, we can yeah. only jump so high, right? Logically speaking, yeah. But by God's Word, we can jump higher by trusting and saying, okay, yes, this is what God said. He's an uncaused cause. He dwells in eternity. He has no starting or finishing point. Now, I believe, and I could be, I believe in the ages to come when we have a new body uh, and, a, and a glorified mind, a resurrected body yeah. in the presence of God, I think some of these mysteries will start to be revealed to us. I might be wrong, but it does say in the scripture, I have not seen nor ear heard nor entered in the heart of man what great things the Lord has, has given, uh, prepared for those that love him. Yeah. And so I do believe um, we might be in kindergarten right now or first grade, so to speak. We are learning certain things about God and about the spiritual realm and about life. But um, we're just in the second grade, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, if, if maybe yeah. first. Yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I like Isaiah 55, 8 to 9, where it kind of, you know, helps us. With, with all understandings in the Bible, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours and my thoughts than yours. Yeah, there you go. You know, so I think that's that's the way it is. Yeah, yeah. And, and what God has revealed to us, it says in Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret, the secret things belong to God and Him alone, but the things He has revealed... He has revealed to us and to our children. Mm -hmm. So he has revealed a lot to us. We're yes. going to get into this. Oh, yeah. For example, about himself, these different qualities. He's infinite. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He's, you know, uncaused cause. But also, he's shown us things that uh, we have a soul. We don't see it, but he says it's more value than your body. You could yeah. own all the all possessions in the world. You could equal that one soul. Uh, we know that there's angels we can't right. see. We know yeah. there's demons we can't right. see. We know there's a heaven. So these things we know because God chose to reveal them. Yes. So there, and again, a lot of people who don't believe in God don't read His Word. They don't. They're they're somewhat ignorant of these things. That really, once you start as a Christian, 
you start to understand rather quickly. Yeah. So we got on that one day. We're going to touch on these lightly, but that sure. was the first one was that God. Um, right. Well, let, let's put it this way. We can break it up, and you probably have your notes on this too. I do. I, There's got, three uh, omni. Yeah, right. It's called omni. It's right. called, uh, which means all, uh, mm -hmm. the Latin, O-M-N-I. So you start with the first one. It's God is omnipresent. God is omnipresent, which means he's everywhere. Right. It says in Psalm uh, 139, you, there's nowhere you can actually go when you're not in the presence of God. Yeah. I'll just uh, That's another read this one. for wow. a second. Think about that for a minute. So think about yeah. this omnipresent. Okay. Right. And it says, um, Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know my sitting down. You know my rising up. You understand my thoughts when they are far away. Mm -hmm. You comprehend my path, my lying down. You are acquainted with all my ways. There's not a word on my tongue, but behold, Lord, you know it altogether. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I go from your presence, he asked. If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. You see, he, he's saying that God is everywhere. That's, that's what we get the first omni, which is called omnipresent. And um, Jesus says that a, a little sparrow won't fall, that God doesn't see yeah, it. He yeah. knows the very hairs on your head. Yeah. You know, so the point is, and Acts chapter 17, Acts of the Apostles, it says, in, in God we live and move and have our very being. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. So that, that speaks to the fact that um, even though we don't see God, um, we know God from this one description that he's omnipresent. And that is a very um, yeah. helpful thing to know that God will never leave you nor forsake you. He's right there with you. It'll say this in Hebrews uh, chapter 4. It says, um, And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to his eyes of him, yeah. to whom we must all give an account. So he yeah. sees it all. He yeah. sees it all. I, I've got another one, John, I wrote down. Psalm 139, 7 to 10. Uh -huh. Where can I go from you, Spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven... You are there. If I make my bed in Shoal, and in Hebrew that means plain darkness, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there your hand will lead me, and your right hand will lay hold of me. There's nowhere. There you go. go. That's a good. Yeah. That's a great uh, one to look at. You know, I mean, so when you think about it, he's all yeah. ever present. Omni. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. where you get the word. Now, the second one you go to is... But, but from, before we move off that uh -huh. one, you know, I was thinking about the throne room. And when we did that study, um, you know, when we had the, uh, the show, if, uh, it was a couple months ago. But I think of all the cherubims with all the eyes. Uh-huh, yeah. So is that how God sees everything uh, in real time? I mean, is that kind of his, his uh, vantage point with the cherubims? With all those eyes on him, are they connected to that omnipresent aspect? No, I don't think so because God was omnipresent before there were angels. That's before true. there was Good anything. Point. You yeah. know, he's self-existent. And so That's he an was point. you yeah. can say he was alone before the beginning of time and that. Yeah. But before there was humans, before there was angels, before there were special creatures around the throne room of God, it suggests there those four living creatures, it's them that see a lot that is going on in God's presence. It's them. But God is God is is self-existence, but he also is self-sufficient. He didn't 
us yeah. not dependent on anyone, you know, to, to, to Good. assist yeah. that music. Th that's an excellent point, yeah. John. Okay. So we move from that. Yeah. Again, we could spend more time on this oh, idea. Oh, sure, yeah. Omnipresence. And you go to omniscience. Yes. And that means infinite knowledge yeah. of everything. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, let's say Isaiah chapter 40, uh, verse 14, uh, will say this. And again, this is a... These are things we should know because it causes us to, I think, draw closer to God because you're starting to think, whoa, he sees, he sees me, he hears me. Uh, where can I go from his presence? And when you study this stuff out, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty amazing. Verse 14 says this, um, With whom did he take counsel and who instructs God? Who taught him the path of justice? Who taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? Who has directed the spirit of the Lord? And, or who is his counselor? Um, behold, the nations are about to drop in the bucket. They're counted as small. He lifts up one, puts down another. So the idea, um, God is omniscient. He's infinite in knowledge. Yeah. He, he doesn't have any uh, anything. He, let's put this, there's nothing he doesn't know. And it's similar with Christ himself. Of course, all these attributes apply to the Trinity. Right. But um, with Jesus, he, he constantly in the scriptures that he knew their thoughts. Or he knew it was in their heart. Uh, this idea—he's, he knows—he's omniscient. He so he knows what's going on with them. Uh, and again, it says, um, "For I want you to—I'm in Colossians chapter two, verse two. For I want you to know what a great conflict I have for many. That I want your hearts be encouraged, being knit together in love, and attaining to the riches of the full assurance of understanding, in the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ." in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. He's yeah. got all the wisdom, yeah. all the knowledge. He knows our deepest thoughts. Yeah. He knows we, our prayer before we pray it. It's pretty powerful stuff. It is. And when you you start yeah. looking at this, this I think strengthens your faith because you think, man, if I'm alone and I just whisper out a prayer, he hears it. No kidding. If you just think the prayer. That's why it's so important, David, is to pray to God alone. Through Jesus, you know, because there's no other creature, no other angel, no other saint. There's no other being alive or dead that's omniscient, you see, yeah. or omnipresent that can hear your prayers in Cleveland, in Cairo, in London, nighttime, daytime. Not only verbal prayers, but in the deep recesses of our heart, like, Lord, help me. I'm really going. He hears that. Yeah. He knows that, you see. Yeah. And, uh, this only strengthens your prayer life because you think how close God really is. Absolutely. And then, you know, also in Isaiah, you know, Isaiah 46, 9 through 10, it, it just talks about uh, the fact that God says, there's no one like me. I'm, I make known the end from the beginning, mm. from ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. So when I think about today's times, John, I mean, what... I guess the comfort I've been expressing to my family and my wife is he's in control of the throne room. Mm -hmm. His will is getting done, whether it looks like it's it's will we don't understand even currently. Mm -hmm. So that, that that's actually uh, a very comforting thing right. when, when we know that we can't force anything outside of his will. Right. There's nothing we can do. His purpose is going gonna, is gonna to just play out. Regardless of what we do, that doesn't mean we don't have to be good Christians. Right. That doesn't mean we don't have to be in the Word. That doesn't mean we have to treat our fellow man the way we want to be treated. Uh, but 
in the end, his will is going to stand. Right, John? You're exactly right. And so I, I think that's where I get some great comfort knowing that. I, yeah, his plan is well, His plan is going to stand, like you just quote out of Isaiah. And Jesus says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word will endure mm-hmm. forever. Yeah. When Jesus says, I will build my church, the gates of hell will not, it's going to succeed. Now, yeah. he's allowed us to be co-laborers with him, to work in cooperation, in concert mm-hmm. with him. As we yeah. understand his word, <coughs> we're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We want to be sanctified, close to God. But he allows us, who are we, yeah. to be part of his master plan. Right. And that's why it's sad when people don't know God or his word, and they're out thinking that, uh, I don't know, you know, you do some earthly thing, which is okay, build something, a building, a business, of a, become a celebrity. Yeah, That's okay, but it's not the big thing. You can do that, but you would keep your eyes on the big thing. I always think of Tom Landry, phenomenal football coach mm-hmm. of the Dallas Cowboys. But he was such a strong believer, mm-hmm. and that permeated his team. But nevertheless, he was very good at what he did mm-hmm. as a professional football coach. And I think that's true if you're a, a janitor at a junior high school, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a doctor, if you're a cash register, you know, run a cash register at the, at the supermarket or something. If you do it to the glory of God, you're being part of God's great plan. You see, that's why yes. it says whether you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. But uh, I always remember him because he was just such a model. Yes. And I wasn't even a believer at the time. Yeah. So there we see, number one, omnipresence. There's right. the first omni. Yep. Number two, omniscience, which is all-knowing. He uh-huh. knows our thoughts from afar off. And the other one is power. And this is omnipotent or yes. omnipotence. And you'll see that, of course, right from the beginning. Oh, yeah. God speaks the entire universe uh, into, into being. Yeah, now, just think Psalm, about that. That's Psalm 33, 6. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Their st- st- uh, starry host by the breath of his mouth. He just said it into yeah. our ears. <laughs> you know, think about that. I just, that's, you know, yeah. I always, you know, people wonder, well, is it billions of years old and all this? And I always say, well, how long does it take to make really good wine? They go, oh, maybe 10 years, 20 years. I go, how long did it take Jesus to turn the water into wine at the wedding feast? It was just like that, right? right. Yeah. Because with God, time is not yeah. an important element. You know, he's, he just moves in a different direction than we do. But you'll see this with God, how he controls nature. He speaks nature into existence. Um, uh, he's, he's omnipotent at how he holds things together. Mm-hmm. We're told in the scripture that everything is being held together in a certain tension. You know, the sun comes up at a certain time, the planets are in an orbit, the little uh, cells in our body are operational in a certain way, Uh, just like a beautiful watch. But then when Jesus comes, he displays power and omnipotence. For example, water. Well, who can walk on water? Well, he can. Or death. I mean, how... How do you how do you raise somebody that's been dead for three days like Lazarus? Well, Jesus could do it. How can you feed five thousand people? You have only five loaves and two little fishes. Well, Jesus could because he's not he's all powerful. He's not limited uh, by those kinds of things. You see, just like prophecy, he's telling you something. Well, he's he's got power over time. Uh, yeah. He's got power over demons. He's got power over death. Nobody else claimed. No other religious teacher came on the scene and whatever even no attempt way. those things yeah so there you see the three omnis what we call omniscience all-knowing he knows everything you know our deepest thoughts second he's he's mm-hmm. omnipresent 
you know, he's here. He's at all places of the universe. He sees everything going on. He's not part of the universe, but he's in the whole universe. He sees it. So uh, I guess, you know, one of the things, even though he has his plan, John, right, his will that he has, you know, he's planning to execute, mm-hmm. um, nothing's too hard for him to accomplish, as it says in Genesis eighteen fourteen. So now I, I just started thinking about when we pray, when we fast, when we do things that maybe change his will, right? There are those opportunities, correct? Uh, where, you know, he feels a strong sense that maybe he will change something based on our uh, commitment well, and it, our it, faith, right? Prayer and prayer and fasting is not laying hold of God's unwillingness, but it's understanding his will and we lay hold of his willingness. Right. So it's a different thing in the sense that... Um, it says in the scriptures, we have not because we ask not. Right. God wants to. It says, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, He that cometh to God must believe that God is, that he exists, right? And that he is a rewarder yeah. of those that will diligently seek him. Right. Well, a lot of people, they don't know God really exists. They might, in a general sense, but not have a relationship with him. Number two they may not believe that God rewards, that he wants to open doors for us and give us favor or, you know, yeah. supply a need. And the other thing is they may not diligently seek him. They might just haphazardly or, you know. So there's there's plenty of instruction in the scripture how God wants us mm-hmm. to come and lay hold of his willingness. We don't want to change his mind, but he wants us to lay, you know, when we pray, our Father who art in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. Well, he wants to give us our... Uh, forgive me my trespasses as I forgive those I, that I've trespassed. Uh, lead me not into temptation. Right. See, he wants us to pray that so he can, you know, do what he wants to do in terms of providing or protect. If we don't do it, well, doesn't mean he can't provide and protect, but we're not asking him for, we're not inviting him into our life circumstances. He wants us to invite him into our life situation. And believe me, when we do, Things turn out better, do they not? They sure do, Jack. And so that incentivizes yeah. us to pray more and to seek Him more, uh, because again, it's um, it, it, it's like it's like the whole concept you said. I mean, He's able to do anything He wills without any effort on His part. Yeah. What it seems like zero effort, and for us, it's a monumental task for some of the stuff that we see, like even in our in, in my family's life, the change has been incredible. And some of the stuff, there is no way yeah. we did that without his his help. Yeah, there yeah. is no way that some of this stuff lines up the way it does without his help. And and, and I, so it, it it's almost like that that it feeds upon itself. Yeah. When you start, at least from my experiences, when you start to have more faith, and you you try and do the right things, and and I'm not doing all the right things. I, I'm I'm not, but I'm trying to do to make big changes. And so when you do that and, and you have a sincere heart, I do notice, and, and you keep your faith regardless of the whirlwinds around you, then I see rewards that come. And he smiles almost yeah. on your family. No, I think you bring up a good and, and point, your business David. and whatever yeah. you're doing. I mean, that's the only way I can really articulate it. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, uh, it'll say in First John chapter 3, um, we, we, we know that God answers our prayer when we obey his commands. And then yeah. it says this, and we do those things that please him. Right. So if we try to really earnestly do that, 
what you said, God smiles on us, but I think he reveals himself in a way, an open door, favor, something you didn't expect. We're not looking for the gifts and all the time and all this, but nevertheless, he wants us to, to pray to him. Now, the old timers used to have a saying, the more you pray, the more answers you see. The more answers you see, the more you pray. The more It's like a flywheel. It's going in this direction, right? And so you get very mm -hmm. comfortable, mm -hmm. but reverse that. The less you pray, the less answers you see. The less answers you see, the less you pray. You see what I'm saying? So you want to get that wheel the right way. moving in the right direction. <laughs> so that builds yeah, faith. That sure does. You know, it's, it's just, that sure does. But but there again, there are times where there was no breadcrumbs on the path. And then all of a sudden, you know, a whole store appears of breadcrumbs. He is a rewarder. And, it, it's un, it, and, and it's really unbelievable. And so, uh, I, John, don't you think by knowing his key attributes, you then... I think have the the passion and the um, desire to pray to keep the flywheel going because you know who your God is. Yeah, you're in relationship yeah. then. Yeah, and you understand that He's merciful, that He cares, He wants you to be happy, He wants you to do well, He wants you to grow, and sometimes those are hard challenges yeah. as we grow and we're trying to be more like Christ. Man, I know that to be true, but He keeps you on the path by rewarding you. He your, reveals himself. Yeah, right? That's why is that saying, the best way to... Well, in John chapter 14, verse 21, he says, Jesus speaking, says, mm -hmm. He that keeps my commandments is he that loves me. Mm -hmm. And he that loves me will be loved by my Father. And I, he says this, I mm -hmm. will reveal myself to that person. Right. I will reveal myself. Now, to reveal means to make manifest mm -hmm. that which was hidden. And you know sometimes... That had to come from the hand of God. Absolutely. It had to come from the hand That's of God. Absolutely So right. that just keeps us in those places um, to keep close to God, to keep mm -hmm. seeking God. Because, again, his desire is to reveal himself. He's a spirit. We don't. He's yeah. not here like when yeah. Jesus was on the boat. They right. saw him. Yeah. But nevertheless, if you believe God's word, where two or three are gathered together, he's there in a unique way. Um, bottom line, to pray. Seek his will and to pray. What, I, I'm just going to go back a little bit in history with you and I. Um, I have I have a note on my wall in my closet of, of when you and I really first met. I had 2010. That's right. Like you signed a note, but then I think you went to WEC mm -hmm. for three years. Then you came back in 13. Yes. Is that right? Right. Okay, so now it's 21. So it's been eight years walking with you. And one of the biggest things that I remember is, remember, you always told me, Dave, you have to understand, you're going before a king. <laughs> when you go before a king, you can ask, right? Correct. For a lot of lot of things. But you know, you obviously can't just be doing bad things during the week and then come to him. But you know, what what impressed upon me is there's nothing too great for him to consider for us, even if it seems outlandish. Yeah, well, there's a saying that says, when you come before a king, no small petitions right. bring. In other right. words, you're going before yeah. God. And again, you were at our mission headquarters. We're yeah. one of many, you know, worldwide mission. Right. And, but we have to pray everything in there. But God blessed us with one of the finest buildings. It's unbelievable. You know, and, oh, and my then, gosh. Yeah. And then to circulate and train yeah. people there to go into over 50 countries around the world over the past 100 years or whatever. It, it's, it teaches you to pray, you know. It does. Uh, uh, tell the listeners what the building was and where it's located. 
you know, to just give them a background, you know, the Buckingham Palace yeah, yeah. used to be, just real quick so they understand what you're talking about. Well, yes, David. Okay. Yeah. So um, it's related to this topic. It is. Um, yeah. What our, my mission organization, we, we, my wife and I entered in 1982, um, and I entered in because I wanted to go be a missionary back in Southeast Asia where I served as a soldier during the Vietnam War. So WEC is an old mission agency started well over 100 years ago but the based in london but the u.s base is in philadelphia so they needed a headquarters near the coast because back then mm -hmm. people were taking boats overseas to this mission field and they prayed and they, they have a model they don't ask for money they right. don't petition money uh -huh. where god guides he provides correct it's the old 1800 faith mission statements and so they prayed and prayed and they heard about this place it used to be it was a military academy, and then before that, it belonged to industrialists, millionaires, mm -hmm. probably billionaires in today's J.P. Morgan's granddaughter, yeah, right? Yeah, uh, Van Retzler, yes, these right. guys. Yeah. They had built this incredible, basically a castle oh, yeah. with all kinds of servants' quarters and a swimming pool. And 32 a rooms, bed. or what, what was it? it I was, forget yeah, the total. Yeah, it was unbelievable. They go up there in 1952, yeah. and they buy it. For sixty-five, seventy thousand dollars, <laughs> I know because I have. And when I was the director in my office, I had the receipt, the contract, or whatever, and it said that was the amount. Gosh. It was a woman sold it. She kind of inherited through the mm -hmm. years. She gave it to Wex. She, she, she says, "Well, I think you guys want to do a good thing or something like that." Right. So I'll sell it to you at that price. And today it's flourishing. Um, I hold, uh, we teach up there, missionaries come and stay there, and then they get trained and sent out around the world, and we also do retreats up there. And it's located where, John, and, and Camp Hill? Yeah, Camp Hill is North Philadelphia, and it's called <clears throat> Camp Hill, it's in Fort Washington suburb, because literally, George Washington stayed there with the, with the American troops before they disbanded yeah. and went down to Valley Forge, <clears throat> and they were really getting beat, and they had a skirmish right at the base of our Hill, you can see a plaque is down there because the British at that time right. were in Philadelphia. But long story short, that's, that's historic, it's famous, and we got it. But I think I say all that to say that I think God, I think God likes it when we pray to him yes. and ask, for, because you're in his will. We mm -hmm. wanted to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, and he blessed us. And we, of course, we take care of it and try oh, to maintain it. Oh, yeah, definitely. It. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah. That's it's a good story, but you know, but but that's part of taking your your prayers uh, to the king, yeah. and also letting his will be done. I mean, he knows what Weck is doing, yeah. And it's just an incredible headquarters. I mean, I can't believe it. you guys have your own water tower yeah, generator. Yeah. It's self sufficient. Yeah, pretty much. It's incredible. But yeah. anyway, we can keep going now. So um, another attribute of God is um, these different attributes, but uh, one is the fact that they, he doesn't have uh, a beginning. You know, he's self-existent. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, he's eternal. He had no beginning. The other thing, he doesn't change, David. He, what's called, he's immutable. immutable. Yeah. You can read that. Right. So, um, Malachi 3, 6, I, the Lord, do not change, so you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Yeah, he doesn't change. He never changes. His attributes are the same from the beginning of time into eternity. And I think that is one of the most important things when you differentiate the attributes of God and the enemy. Yeah. The enemy is a chameleon, and he will change on a dime to get you to doubt your faith, yes. to get you to doubt your self-esteem, to get you to doubt your belief system all the way through. 
And that's why with God, you know he never changes. That's one of the most important things we have got to simulate, don't you think? Well, yeah, he's immutable. He doesn't right. change. I guess. So we can trust him throughout the ages. Yeah, he's not capricious. Right. Um, it says in Hebrews 13, I quoted earlier, that Jesus yeah. Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Sometimes God, the metaphor is used as a rock. Yep. It's an immovable <clears throat> yeah. kind of a uh, substance that doesn't... Uh, the, the, why that's so good is the world is changing around us. Oh boy! Right, David. I mean, oh, we're in changing right in times. Us, yeah. I always say, yeah. you know, I was a pro- child of the '60s, 1960s. Right. A lot of change going on there, but I really right. believe there's more right now in our day and age. Oh, and boy. when things are changing, yeah. you want to get with that which doesn't change. See, the word of God doesn't change. Jesus says, "Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word will endure forever." It says in Psalm 119, verse 89. Forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Mm-hmm. The yeah. Bible is the first book ever printed on the, on the printing press, the Gutenberg printing press. The Bible is the most translated book in the world. The Bible is the most read book in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bible, it, it, all Western civilization, laws and schools and all the great universities <clears> like <throat> Harvard and Princeton, all based on the word of God, trained people that are yeah. going to be ministers. I'm not saying that that's what they do today. <clears throat> yeah. My point being is this, character nature of god it just doesn't change and so too his word doesn't change yes. even though it's a living word and it, it can apply to a six-year-old but it can apply to a 60 year old and uh it's it's a light it's food it's mm-hmm. a compass it's it's all these things but nevertheless i come to my point everything is changing around us in culture yeah. society economy covid travel that's why people are, if they're not anchored really well on something solid, depression, anxiety, alcoholism, drug abuse, despair. Am I right? Yes. Read it in the newspapers. Yes. But, but if we're truly anchored and then we can help each other, strengthen each other in the faith, that's what the Bible says, encourage one another. Uh, we can be strong through difficult times. And the, and the best thing about uh, his nature, the immutable nature, is his promises don't mm-hmm. change. So we, we are promised eternal life with the death of his son. And, and that doesn't change. And Or the so, promises, yeah. like when he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Right. Well, your best friend might leave you. Oh, gotcha. Somebody might betray you, your a business partner. Your leave you, you know, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. But he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's an immutable law. Yeah. The other thing, he started a good work in you. He'll bring it to completion. Uh, the other good one is he says, I go to prepare a place for you. And where I go, I'm going to come again and take you there. So these are kind of things you can say, okay, I don't understand what's going on in the world today fully, but this I do know. This I do know. And I, so to speak, take it to the bank. Uh, Romans 8, 35 through 39, John, I like this verse. It says, because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, not even powers, height, depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's another one of those. And the enemy is a, is a demon. Yeah. So yeah. he can't, enemy has no say here whatsoever. He's been defeated, and you know what? Uh, regardless of what he tries to do, um, God's, God's love for us is is, uh, you know, stronger. And here's where yeah. Christians get in trouble. When they get away from reading the Bible, yep. they get away from fellowship with other believers, they start to drift, they don't pray as much, 
it's not that God left them, but they, in a sense, they left God and they don't yeah. feel his presence. Yeah. They're not aware. And they can, and the enemy is out there looking for stray sheep. Oh, He's out yeah. there. And uh, it's a very dangerous place to be. Yeah, boy, is, is it ever. You know, I think uh, when you think of the, uh, one of the attributes of the enemy is, the uh, he's you know he's our adversary and one peter 5 8 you know the famous one it says be sober be vigilant because your uh adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may oh, devour yeah. you know if you're in battle soldiers wait and watch so you know believers constantly must be alert for the enemy you know when you're in the battlefield you're not just sitting there talking to your buddy when a bazooka gun is aimed at your head yeah, that's right and so that <laughs> That the enemy has a bazooka gun aimed at our head every day, every minute of yeah, the day. Yeah, he wants so, to destroy right, it. Yeah. we got to be alert and we have to know this stuff. We Great have ministries stuff. have fallen because yeah. people are not aware. Right. And not on guard, as you say. Yeah. So um, now the, there's, there's certain qualities of God that we cannot share in. For example, mm -hmm. any of the omnis, we're omnipresent, right. omniscient, uh, uh, omnipowerful, omnipotent. Uh, he's sovereign. He's transcendent. That means he's out of space and time, okay? He's immutable. He never changes. He's self-existence. He has no starting point. We're not. We're all, <laughs> we're local. We're locked into this space. But mm -hmm. there are what's called communicable attributes. The one is non-communicable, mm -hmm. where he's all-knowing. But yeah. there are certain attributes and characteristics of God that we can share in a sense, in a small way, once we become a believer. For example, love. God is love. It says that in the scripture clearly. But we are told we can love. You know, we can even, yeah. once we've been, we can, we can love. And, and um, God is merciful, right? Right. His, along, uh, his mercies are new. But we can be merciful. Yeah. You see, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those. So th what I'm getting at, David, these are attributes of God, but we can share in a limited sense in those attributes of God. There's certain of his attributes we cannot share. I, I, I like the love uh, one. John, I have a good quote here. 1 John 4, uh -huh. 7 to 8. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Yes. So there we can, yeah. we can appropriate that characteristic of God through the Holy Spirit. You see? But there's certain things we can't appropriate. We can't appropriate his omnipotence. We can't appropriate right. his omniscience. Yeah. We can't appropriate his infinite. You know, he's uh, eternal. Yeah. But we can, like you say, love. We can start loving people. Mercy. We can yeah. be merciful to people. God's merciful. We can mm -hmm. be merciful. Um, another one was, uh, might be um, we can share truth. You know, for one thing, God communicates. He speaks. Well, right. human beings can speak, right? We're yeah. rational. God is rational. Um uh, God is holy. Uh, we're told uh, it's the one thing that's mentioned three times about God: holy, holy, holy. Yeah. What it says in First Peter, um, oh, actually, it says in uh, uh, Isaiah also that be ye holy as I am holy. Uh, that that is a very important thing. So we have capacity as a Christian to be more holy. That is to say, to be separated. And sanctified right. unto God, and uh, these are important things to remember when you think about it. Um, now, God is um, uh, a jealous God. You know, I mean, he he wants the good. You know, he wants to protect. Um, 
Yeah, he doesn't want people to go worshiping idols and all that. Well, we're jealous when we guard over our loved ones with a godly jealousy, yeah. so to speak. God is missional. For God so loved the world, he sent or he gave his only begotten son. So we're missional people. We want to take this gospel and share it uh, with others. So these are qualities that God has, expressions of God, yeah. uh, that we can kind of share it, if uh, that makes sense. I, I like the one that you brought up quickly about God is, you know, the rock. He's just, he's uh, infinitely, unchangeably right and perfect in all he does. Deuteronomy 32, 4 says, the rock. Mm -hmm. His work is perfect, for all his ways are just. A God of faithfulness and without injustice, righteous and upright is he. Right. So, and again, that's completely opposite of the enemy. You, I mean, it is so clear the differences. I mean, there, there is no comparison. And, uh, and I think that the beauty of getting into the Word and seeing these things and seeing the difference is it's so, so clear. Yeah, right. And then it's so easy to be faithful. Yeah, right? It's like sure. anything else, Jan, right? I mean, seriously, that, that's what it's all about. Yeah, right. No, you're yeah. right. Because... When you realize this about God, he, and then you realize he wants to share with us yeah. some type of characteristic, like, um, yeah, to be a forgiving people, to be a merciful people. It's only because he's all merciful. It's yeah. only because he's all holy. And, right. and we are his children, so to speak, imbibe some of that um, DNA. You know, yeah. Well, it's the Holy Spirit, essentially. It's the Holy Spirit. It was given to, given to us. And then as we move in our life, uh, together, um, we we learn to be more and more a child of God. We yes. never are going to be God. Don't get me wrong. No, but we we are being conformed to the image of Christ. You see, God-like yeah. qualities. Because in our world today, a push and shove world, and there's so much going on. If you can get a person that's really merciful or peaceful or joyful, any of the fruits of the Holy Spirit, that that tends to be attractive or noticeable because so many people are just so unnerved today, yeah. you know, they just don't know. Well, a couple questions, Jan. So, um, you know, in terms of watching what's going on uh, in our world right now, just in the U.S., let's focus. But when you think about the rush, you know, passed on Capitol Hill, you know, when you see all this unrest, these riots and whatnot, what, what, how do you respond to that with, with your knowledge base, uh, with your experiences being a missionary 40 years and being in the Word as long as you've been? How, do, how does your mind process that when you see it? Well, a couple things, David. One yeah. is um, we, we're out of alignment. You know, that goes way back to yeah. Adam and Eve. Yeah. When, when everything was good, matter of fact, God says on the sixth day, everything was very good that he made. Now, now things are out of whack or out of alignment. It just says that in chapter 4, chapter 3 and 4 of Genesis, yeah. that man's relationship with man, remember he blamed Eve for what was wrong, and then Satan was involved in this whole thing. And then nature itself, it says now thorns and thistles will come and you're yeah. going to have to work by the sweat of your brow. So we see things out of kilter. Now, it's not always going to be like that because there's a coming, a kingdom age. But right now, these forces are operational. What do I mean? You got the fallen world, uh, you got the devil, and you got man's human flesh, our own desires. Mm -hmm. And those things can, can clash. So if you see let's say, um, <clears throat> crime or, mm -hmm. or violent um, um, burning 
or like what happened in the capital, what happened in the cities. Something ain't right. Something's wrong. You see, uh, when I don't, if I do that, then I don't care for your property. I may not care for your life. I don't love you. So th those other qualities are coming in. Um, jealousy, hatred, bitterness. That's not of God. What we're doing is when we pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth yes. as it is in heaven. Now we know God, Jesus says, John chapter 10, verse 10, the enemy comes to do what? Rob, Rob kill. And, and what steal. do you see when these things kill, take place? Kill, steal, and destroy. Rob. Um, he's beyond, yeah. Now, but what the reverse, that same verse says, but I come that you might have life. Life more abundantly. And I think we yeah. see that portrayed. Sometimes all yes, you see do. is destruction and wrongful intent, whatever, whoever, um, uh, mayhem. But then when the kingdom comes in, let's say into a family that mm -hmm. was in very much discord and argument, and mm -hmm. they come to Christ, it becomes more Christ-centered. Well, you see things changing there, right? The yeah, family. Right. You might see it in a club <clears throat> or on a team. It gets more orderly. It gets more people caring for the other person. So the long, short answer, whatever, for your question, David, is, yeah, I, th I think I think we're in a different time now where these there's, there's flashpoints and things get out of control pretty quickly. I think as believers, Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Yeah. I think each one of us has a certain sphere of influence that we can bring some level of peace. Exactly. You know, yeah. and we might think, well, that's a small thing. Yeah, but <clears throat> all great things start small. You know, that, that's certainly true biblically. Yes. I, I, I like that, John, because I was just telling uh, Marilyn about the fact that uh, w when we think of God, e even though all this is going on right now, uh, w we have to be the light. And, you know, one one key attribute of God is, is the fact that, you know, uh, he's the light. That he's self-revealing an information of himself, Isaiah 6, uh, 60, 19, um, and that, you know, the enemy is darkness. And everything going on right now, we, we want to try and be a little bit of some positive light. And and we can't change the world, but we can change our own community. Yeah. We can change our own network, our own little small groups. We can, we can strengthen them and do what we can in that regard and obviously try and spread the good news yeah right in any way we can whether it's a show like this whether you're talking to your neighbor you don't have to have your own show that's right you can just be talking to your neighbor who needs a positive influence yeah who needs to be uh steered to the lord so i think uh i, I think when i watch all this you know a lot of people ask me i don't sit on the news well uh, the because, news is fearful <clears throat> yeah I, I don't sit on it because I mean, I'm aware of it, but I don't sit on it and I don't live and die by it because it's so distorted. It's fearful. It genders That's fear, right. too, yeah. David, because it says in Colossians 3, verse 1 through 3, right. if you be risen with Christ, set your affections on things above, yeah. set your thoughts on things above, because that's... That's transformative. And then doing that, I think we can help below. <laughs> if you set your thoughts in effect on things above, I think you can help that, the situation that's going down here. Now, just a couple minutes left, but yeah. I wanted to share yeah. the fact that God, um, as we start to know more and more about his attributes, his characteristics, it's like getting to know anybody. We, You know, you, you understand him better. And for one reason, you want to please him. Okay, what is God like? What is it that pleases him? What is it that grieves him? Uh, that's a very powerful thing, you know, because, oh, uh, he's, 
He's pleased when I, it says, uh, when I honor my parents, okay? He's pleased when I'm a cheerful giver. He's pleased. So you start seeing what it is that pleases God, and then you avoid those things that grieve him. Well, if you didn't know his nature or his characteristics revealed in the Bible, you wouldn't know those kinds of things. Good point. And, and because <clears throat> why? Each one of us are, are walking towards our last day on this planet. So we want to maximize our time to please God and do those things that uh, really have some effect, you know, some effect for the kingdom. And John, um, I, there's five things here that I liked uh, that, uh, that I wrote down um, in terms of how we can please him. You know, again, you don't have to do anything that's monumental. Mm -hmm. You can just honor him with your time. How are you using your precious time and give glory to him? Honor God with your talents. You know, do you have gifts or abilities to help your neighbor? Right. Honor God with your temple. You know, obviously it's great. Your body, that's that's what he's talking about there. Right. Uh, honor God with your treasure. You know, obviously you want to tithe. Honor God with your, with your ticker. This means your heart. And I think... Um, you know, uh, the, there's simple things like that that you can do, and it's just about talking to your neighbor. Yeah, right. It's not about having your own show or starting this group or doing that. You can do that, but it, it's, it goes to the basics, right? I yeah, mean, isn't right. that the best way to interpret yeah, it? Yeah, starting small. And, and if he sees everything, he's seen that. Yeah, you know, and then, again, when you, when you look at two characteristics we didn't reference yet, number one, mm -hmm. he's transcendent. Yeah. That means he's out of space and time. Solomon says, the heavens of heavens, Lord, cannot contain you. Right. He, I mean, this earth to him in Isaiah is called like dust. Just, just, just great. It, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's nothing hardly. But nevertheless, even though he's far and above and removed, mm -hmm. but he's also what's known as imminent. He draws near. Now, uh, while that's important, other belief systems and religions don't have, they might have a God that's out there, transcending, all-powerful, out there, mm -hmm. but not imminent. That is that he draws near. Mm -hmm. And, of course, God's ultimately draw near in the person. He actually came and visited this planet. Mm -hmm. He came in as a little infant baby yeah. to, be, to dwell amongst us. So when we understand his transcendence and his imminence, that's a powerful thing Boy. because we know that he, he, he is right here with us. He's not so holy and remote and distant that we, we got to go through a, a priest or an angel or some kind of hierarchy to get to him. No, we, that's why it'll say in Isaiah, again, I'll repeat this. He says, for this is the high and exalted one. He who lives forever, whose name is holy. I live in a high and holy place, but also with one who is contrite and lowly in spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. So he's saying, I'm out here, I'm remote, I'm transcendent, you know, I, I'm beyond space and time, but I can come down and I can dwell in the heart of somebody that's humble and contrite. That's yeah. imminent. Yeah. See, see, transcendent, right. imminent. So when you get those together, and that's why some people, this will be another show because we're going to wrap this up, but they, they don't <clears throat> understand the humanity Mm -hmm. And the deity of Jesus, they don't they get those confused, and therefore they have a difficult time. They'll fall on one side or the other. Right. They'll say, "Well, uh, he's he's just a man. He was just a prophet. He was just a good teacher," or they will mm -hmm. lose his humanity and not understand that he he wept, he bled, yeah, uh, he 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 was tired. You see these qualities because of his humanity. When you see that how they blend it together, I always like the one where he's going across the boat on Lake Galilee, and he's asleep. 
Well, the Old Testament, God says, I neither slumber nor sleep. Well, Jesus in his humanity was sleeping when the apostles woke up with that storm raging around them. What did he say? Peace, be still. The wind stops, the waves are calm, right? That's yeah. his deity. So right there you see his humanity, you see his deity. But he moves like that. One moment you'll see him weeping at the friend at Lazarus's tomb, because I think because the sisters mm -hmm. and the family, he identified with their sorrow perhaps. And the next moment he says what? Move the stone. Lazarus, you see his deity on display. Do you see how you, yeah. once you understand the proper relationship between his humanity, his physicality, and his deity, it's not hard. And you see it all displayed through yeah. the through the, the pages of the gospel. Right. You know. then not only is he our Lord, but you want to be his friend. Yeah. Because of his attributes you just mentioned. Yeah. He was a he was a great guy when he was here. You know, just he would have been the type of guy you would have wanted to have been well, your friend. It depends. Well, yeah. You know, when, now, when some he gets, people were yeah. offended by him. Well, sure. And uh, you're uh, talking you know, about the Pharisees, the scribes, the yeah. Pharisees. Yeah. Herod didn't under Pilate didn't understand. Sure. Him. Uh, Judas didn't fully understand. There was right. those that didn't even want him to come to the village. Sure, you know, but yeah, others right. clung to him, and sought him out. Others would say uh, uh, a Roman centurion. That's a military officer. He says, "I'm not even worthy. You should come under my house." Uh, that's right. That's pretty powerful stuff. So it just amazes me when you read the Gospels and you see how Jesus moves. He moves in a really interesting way through the pages of history. Right. And he doesn't even answer questions often yeah. with an answer. He answers a question with another question. Yeah. He doesn't always do things you think he should do or say, yeah. which causes me to believe he's God. You know, that and many other reasons, but he's just not predictable, I guess. You know, and if God would come into this universe, you would think he'd be different than us. He'd be, yeah. you know, a little bit right. different, to yeah. say the least. But yeah, you're right, David, to know him. I mean, I'll close on this, but. When you speak about our relationship to God, when you look at uh, John chapter 15, uh, he says something very interesting, and we'll start wrapping it up. And again, thanks for all you guys listening. This is WNZN Radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. Uh, next week, we, we may even have a special guest from Thailand. I don't oh, know. Oh, that would be great if we get Raymond. If you look at chapter 15 mm -hmm. of uh, Gospel of John, uh, he says something I think is very interesting here um, uh, about um, who we are in, in relationship to him. Uh, he says, look at, you have it, David? Yeah. Verse well, 15, we, chapter 15, sure, verse 15. Sure. Yes, I have it. Uh, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. So there they go there from being a servant yeah. to being what? Friend. Now, turn the gospel and just go over to chapter 20. John. Uh-huh. And read verse 17. Okay. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Now what's he calling his followers? Brothers. Yes. So it goes from servant to friend to brothers after yeah. the resurrection. You see that, that sequencing yeah. there? And so you're right. I mean, he, he desires us to have a relationship with him. Yeah. So good, David. We'll pick up on this, uh, maybe a different topic next week, perhaps a special guest. Right. And thank you all for tuning in.
and have a blessed week. Uh, I'm glad that the sun is shining. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, good the numbers see. seem to be going pretty good direction yes. with the COVID. So God bless you all. Right. And again, this is Power Radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio, 89.1 FM Radio. Thanks, David. Have a great weekend, everybody. Take care.